What up, everybody? It's your boy Joshua Edwards, live from live from my parents' kitchen. This is episode 18 of Joshua's Proximity. It is September 17th, 2020. It's really ugly outside. There's a hurricane, Hurricane Sally coming through. So make sure you guys stay safe during this pandemic and even hurricane season and, and any time that you're going out. Make sure that you're protecting yourself, that you got God first. And uh, without further ado, let's go ahead and jump right into episode 18. So I haven't done my ill of the day for quite some time now. So ew, my ill of the day goes to the Los Angeles Clippers. Now, this is a team who has been built the entire summer, been hyped up by reporters, has been hyped up even by me, by fans, by all types of um, sports analysts as the team to win either win the championship, go to the Western Conference Finals, but everybody pretty much had them either championship or bust, or at least against the Western Conference Finals against the Los Angeles Lakers. The Los the Los Angeles Clippers were up three to one against the Denver Nuggets. Now I had the Clippers beating the Nuggets in five. And I had the Lakers and the Clippers in the Western Conference Finals. So, <laughs> as, as all of you know, the Clippers didn't get the job done. They, they were up 3-1. They had three opportunities to close out a, a Denver Nuggets team that has a young and very talented Jamal Murray, a superstar center in Nikola Jokic. I'm being, but, I mean, outside of those guys, you got – Michael Porter Jr., but outside of those three guys, who else? I cannot believe that the Clippers, with with Doc Rivers, with Kawhi Leonard, who I who I have been praising on Facebook, all types of social media platform. Uh, I've I've even went as far as saying that he has the best mid range game, maybe even since you know Michael Jordan, because he can find the spots on the floor like anybody. Who had Paul George, uh, Marcus Morris. Patrick Beverly, Lou Williams, the sixth man of the year, Montrez Harrell, Zubak, the list goes on and on. They just picked up Joe King Noah, if you want to put him in there. And they can't close out the game. They cannot close, they cannot close out the series to a team that they were up 3-1 on. And I had them in five. I cannot believe the Clippers, man. Paul George, playoff P, pandemic P. George Paul, whatever you want to call him, he ain't it. This is a guy ever since leaving the Indiana Pacers, he's one in three in elimination games. Not only is he one in three in just elimination games, he's shooting 41% from the field, 22% from the three, 66% from the free throw line. This is a guy who is an 80 plus, 85 plus guy at the free throw line. He has disappeared, man. And this is a guy that that most people, man, when he was in Indiana, he was, he was, you could argue that he was on the brink of a superstar, or if not a superstar. He was taking LeBron with the Heat to six games, seven games in the Eastern Conference Finals. I mean, this dude just came up small. Him and Kawhi Leonard in game seven were 0 for 11 in the fourth quarter. George Paul, that's what I'm going to refer to him for the rest of this, this episode. George Paul, 
hit the side of the top of the backboard on a three-point shot. What the hell, man? He had 10 points in 38 minutes. Kawhi Leonard wasn't no better. He only had 14 points in a game seven, a closeout game. He was up 3-1, 14 points. Kawhi Leonard only gave you two points the entire second half. What the hell? I don't understand it, man. Lou Williams, he had seven points in 25 minutes. His job is to score and score in bunches. Seven points? 25 minutes? These dudes disappeared, man. They was up two points going into, going into half, and I just thought that they was going to pull away at any time. I cannot believe them. They they deserve this ill of the day. And Doc Rivers, oh, he gets some blame too, man. He got outcoached, outcoached for three games. There's no way that your boys cannot slam this door shut. They can't get one game after going 3-1. Come on, man, who are we fooling? I think that this just goes to show just as humans or just anybody that's trying to achieve some goals, you got to focus on what's in front of you first. You can't look into the future. You can't think about tomorrow. You got to focus right here and right now. It's all right to have goals. It's all right that the Clippers were planning to to beat the Lakers and to meet them in the conference finals and winning it all. But they was overlooking the Nuggets. They was up 3-1, and every single one of them was thinking about the Lakers. Paul George was on record saying, yeah, we're going to close them out in game six. Well, bruh. Game six was here, bruh. You didn't do it. Game, game seven popped up. You didn't do it. Up 3-1, you can't get one win? 48 minutes? Come on, man. This this is terrible, man. This will forever stain Kawhi, Leonard, Kawhi Leonard's resume as the best player in basketball. I didn't see no New Balance commercials at all. Y'all remember all the New Balance commercials that was coming on during the summertime? I didn't see any of them. You know why? Because his ass is home. Cancun. Patrick Beverly was talking so much trash to Dame Lillard, him and Paul George, and guess where they at? They just did it one round longer, bro. Come on, these dudes. I'm so disappointed in the Los Angeles Clippers. I cannot emphasize it. I can't stress it enough. Oh, man, Paul George, George, I mean, I even, can't even say Paul George. George Paul, you keep disappearing, bruh. You disappeared in OKC. You disappearing in L.A. You, hell, you need to go back to Indiana, man, because out west is not for you, bro. Man, let me go ahead and switch topics, man, because it's a, it's a great game on tonight, the Thursday night football game between the Cleveland Browns and the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, they're playing at in Cincinnati, which you know is both in Ohio. I got the Browns tonight, and if the Browns don't win, I believe that this right now is a is a do or die, um, do or die game for Baker Mayfield. We're talking about a guy who his rookie year he shattered the record for the most thrown touchdowns by a rookie quarterback, and he comes out in his second year he adds a weapon in. Odell Beckham, and he stinks it up. Now, I don't know if that has to do with the coach, and you can blame the coach, you can blame whatever. But even this year, this is third year, 17 games with Odell Beckham. 
He he targets him ten times. He only gets three receptions. That that Browns organization is just really dysfunctional. Um, they got to go back to running the football because when I when I turn on and I watch the games, they have a great running game, but they get away from it. They try to they try to put the ball in Baker's Baker's hands, and that's just he's he's got to be a game manager. I think what they have to do, they have to. Uh, do what the Los Angeles Rams do. They got to do a lot of motion to me, just to me personally. They got to start opening up the playbook. They got two great running backs. They got to get the run game going. And the first 15 plays, you know, the, the scripted plays, they have to get Odell Beckham the ball. At least look his way three times. I don't care if you throw him a Steve Smith smoke screen. Let him get jiggy on one step, on one step slant. They got to go to him early because when, when he's not – when he's not in the game early, they have to go out there and they're trying to force him the ball. And by that time, the whole game plan is just all off balance. So I really got the Bengals. No, the yeah, I got the Bengals losing tonight to the Browns. Um, I got them losing at least 10 or 14. 10 or 14 points. Uh I, I'm saying 14 Bengals, 28, the Cleveland Browns. Since we're talking football, let's go ahead and just keep it football. Let me go ahead and give you my power rankings from week one. My power rankings consist of the top 10 NFL teams, just from my opinion. Uh, so here we go, in order. Number 10, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, with the Steelers, I kind of like what I saw against the Giants. Their defense is flying around. Uh, they still have some questions to answer on the receiver side. I mean, even in the running backfield, but I like what I saw out of the Steelers against the Giants. Steelers in number 10. Number 9, the 49ers. Uh, they still they got a lot of holes at receiver. I know they just picked up Muhammad Sanu, so I think that Jimmy G could, could come onto the scene quite fairly good, even though that they lost to the Arizona Cardinals. So number 9, 49ers. Number 8, I got the New England Patriots. I believe the acquisition of Cam Newton, and he really balled week one, Two rushing touchdowns against the Miami Dolphins, and their defense is still stellar. I got the the Patriots at number eight, number seven, Tampa Bay. They 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 fall out of my my top five, but I love what I saw out of Tampa Bay's defense. They had Alvin Kamara bottled up. They had Latavius Murray also bottled up. So number seven is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Number six is the Buffalo Bills. I've been telling you guys on the low, I'm a huge Buffalo Bills fan. And I just love their defense. Micah Hyde's on there. They play really physical. Josh Allen is throwing the rock. He's running the rock. They look really good on offense. Number six is the Buffalo Bills. Number five, is there a quarterback that had a better opening week than Aaron Rodgers? Number five is the Green Bay Packers. He lit up the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, the Vikings don't have anybody in the secondary. And we knew that he was going to put up numbers. Uh, but we just kind of hope it stays consistent throughout the year. I see them again around 13 and 3, 12 and 4 this year. Number five is the Green Bay Packers. Number four. Now, if you told me there was a quarterback that had a better opening game than Aaron Rodgers, it would have to be this guy, uh, Russell Wilson. The Seattle Seahawks are number four. They was flying around on defense. Russell Wilson looks like an MVP candidate. I have him winning the MVP this year. And whenever you have a quarterback like that in your backfield commanding your offense, 
you can win a lot of games. So Seattle Seahawks, number four. My number three team is the New Orleans Saints. Now, I didn't like what I saw out of their offense against the Bucks, and especially with Michael Thomas being out, I believe that they're going to drop in my rankings and even drop record-wise, but they still have Alvin Kamara, they still have Sean Payton calling the plays, and they still have Drew Brees throwing the ball. So I think that they'll be able to, to manage without Michael Thomas. So my number three team is New Orleans Saints. My second team is the Baltimore Ravens. Now, they just put a whooping on the, the Browns. Lamar Jackson is looking like Lamar Jackson, still in MVP mode. I think it's going to come down to him and Russell Wilson and it may be even Patrick Mahomes on who is going to win MVP this year. But I'm, I'm expecting the Ravens at least to be 13-3, 14-2, just like last year. So Baltimore Ravens is number two. Number one, uh, everybody saw this coming. The the Kansas City Chiefs, the reigning Super Bowl champions, they didn't miss a beat on Thursday last Thursday night football's game against the Houston Texans. Clyde Edwards-Alaire. He looks like he's going to be a dude. He really looks like Brian Westbrook 2.0, but he has more balance, in my opinion, to Brian Westbrook. He can catch the ball out of the backfield just like Brian Westbrook. And he has really good vision. So you can't teach vision, Coach, but I like the Kansas City Chiefs at number one on my power rankings, top ten NFL teams, Steelers, Niners, Patriots, the Bucks, the Bills, Packers, Seahawks, Saints, Ravens, and Chiefs. That rounds off my top ten. So let me go ahead and give you my predictions for this week's games. I already said that I have the Browns over the Bengals. I have the Giants over the Bears. I believe that the Giants are going to get it done this week. I think Daniel Jones is going to show off against the Bears. I know Saquon is going to get bottled up against that Bears defense. They got to do a little bit better with him, getting him out on the edge and getting him in space. So I got the Giants upsetting the Bears. Rams versus Eagles. I got the Eagles. I just don't believe in Jared Goff. I believe that Carson Wentz was the better quarterback coming out of that draft. And I know that the Eagles lost to the Washington football team. But I believe I believe that they'll bounce back on track. Eagles win this one. The Falcons versus the Cowboys. I got the Cowboys winning this game. I think that their offensive game plan is going to switch up from this week. I think that they'll dissect the Seahawks film against the Falcons, and they'll end up winning this game. The Carolina Panthers versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Come on, man. We already know that the Tampa Bay Bucks are going to win this game big. Jets versus 49ers. Just stop. Adam Gaze is not the correct coach to be coaching that team. 49ers easily. The Broncos versus the Steelers. I just said that the Steelers are my 10th best team on my power rankings. So, of course, I'm going with the Steelers in this game. Jags versus Titans. I got the Jacksonville Jaguars upsetting the Tennessee Titans. Gardner Minshew, I know that he's going to be throwing the ball a lot. And I believe that they'll be able to pass that ball on that team. But I know t- ah, I know Derrick Henry's going to go crazy, but I'm sticking with my pick. Got the Jags over the Titans. Lions versus Packers. Packers, Aaron Rodgers looks great week one. I'm looking for him to continue against the Detroit Lions. Packers, that game easy. Bills versus Dolphins. I'm really loving what I'm seeing out of the Dolphins. Young team, hungry, can play defense. 
but it's the Bills, man. The Bills is my sixth best team in the NFL, so of course I got to go with the the Buffalo Bills. Colts versus Vikings. I got the Vikings. The Colts, to me, they still have Phillip Rivers at quarterback. He's a turnover machine. I just got the Vikings easily, and they're playing in Minnesota. Vikings by 10. Washington versus Cardinals. Cardinals just went in, and they beat the 49ers. So I already know they're going to handle the Washington football team. Cardinals, big. Ravens versus the Texans. Now, I know a lot of people, fantasy-wise, are going to be benching Deshaun Watson. If it was me, I'm not benching Deshaun Watson. I think he's going to have a good game against the Baltimore Ravens. But the Ravens are winning still. (laughs) They're winning at least by 10 points. But I'm still starting him if I had him in a fantasy team. Ravens over the Texans. Chiefs versus Chargers. I'm going with the upset. I believe that the the Los Angeles Chargers, about to call them San Diego, I believe that the Los Angeles Chargers are going to get Keenan Allen involved early. I see him 11, 11 catches, 140 yards, two tubs. Chargers in a nail-biter. I got him winning 31-25. The Patriots versus Seahawks, Monday Night Football. I got the New England Patriots. I believe that Cam Cam Newton always plays a great football game against the Seattle Seahawks. The Patriots are still coached by the best coach in NFL history. I know that the Seahawks are going to be looking for revenge, especially from the Super Bowl. But I got the Patriots beating the Seattle Seahawks. The Saints versus Raiders. The Saints just have too much firepower, even with them missing Michael Thomas, I still believe that they're going to beat the Las Vegas Raiders. So before we go ahead and head out on episode 18 of Josh's Proximity, let me go ahead and give you my playoff predictions. I got the Lakers over the Nuggets in six. I've been saying everybody's going to beat the Nuggets in five. So hopefully me saying it in six, that they'll actually beat them in five. So I got the Lakers over the Nuggets in six. I got the Celtics over the Miami Heat in six. In the NBA Finals, it will be the Los Angeles Lakers versus the Boston Celtics. That concludes Episode 18 of Joshua's Proximity.